Hey friends, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy GM Prep. In this weekly show, I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday role-playing game. Today, I am continuing to run Scarlet Citadel, a hardcover campaign adventure for 5th edition published by Kobold Press. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. Patrons get access to the City of Arches sourcebook, a whole bunch of exclusive adventures, a dedicated Discord channel, a monthly Patreon Q&A, and all kinds of other stuff. If you want to help support shows like this, you can find a link to join the Sly Flourish Patreon in the show notes below. So, yeah, what happened last time? Where, where were we? So the characters, it, this is an interesting bit, and I, I, I've struggled with the verticality is verticality a word? I'm making it a word. The verticality of the Scarlet Citadel. The Scarlet Citadel is is five, many, many levels. It's kind of five level, kind of five, but it's kind of more, kind of six, seven, kind of more. And they, trying to figure out what all the interconnection points has has made it more challenging for me to run this than than in, in, in recent times. The characters were on, they went to level three. They escaped from level three through a through a staircase that they they managed to get to they went back to red tower recovered at red tower they learned about the drawing of the ley lines that the ley lines are all getting stressed stressed and pulled and they're 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 tight and it's screwing up things and they so they're figuring out that all that is occurring and they recognize that there's like you know three more of these of these ley line draws that are down there and I'm still trying to figure out what those are. So my my little my, the difference between the Scarlet Citadel as written and the Scarlet Citadel that we're running for my group is that the characters are really focused around this entity called the Weird Weaver. And the Weird Weaver is sort of the embodiment of chaos. It's represented by a icosahedron, like a big spinning icosahedron, like a D20. And that that level of chaos is sort of what keeps the world normal and it's getting pulled and stressed and drawn because of the ley lines and it's being drawn for energy that these evildoers are using to run their terrible experiments inside Scarlet Citadel. So that's something I'm sort of overlaying. And that lets me put sort of big quest chunks into Scarlet Citadel so the characters know where they're going. Because as written, most of it is most of Scarlet Citadel is written on the idea that like, well, you're going to go explore there for treasure and for exploration purposes, everything like that. But then you get punched in the face over and over again. And it it seems this is kind of an early issue that I had that why would you even go to this terrible place? Like if you how many times does you have to face like a giant ogre who wants to hack you with a cleaver and manages to do so? Before you're like, why am I going in here? Like, I've already got more money. One of the characters is like, I already have more money I've ever had in my life. Why don't I just quit and go and build a house? And you're like, that's a good reason. But you overlay this, well, the whole region of this of the of the area will break apart if these ley lines are continued to be pulled and stressed in this in this thing. So trying to figure out how to not how to how to how to relieve the stress of the ley lines is something that's been part of the you know, part of this campaign that I've been running. And I think that that has worked rather well. It does mean that I have to kind of decide where these, these pieces of the, of the, of the weird weaver exist. They already recovered one. They're about to recover a second. I think they either did or they're right about to recover a second one. And then there's, I said, there's two more, but I think it might actually be more than that because I think reading through, I did, I did some homework over the week where I, I dug in deeper into some of the other parts. I'd read through Scarlet Citadel before, but I, you know, you forget parts of it and it's been a month since I looked through it. So I went back and looked through other ones to say like, okay, well, how do I, how do I draw them deeper into, into it? Like they know that 
So there's a big one, which is the sphere. The spoilers, by the way, you know, spoilers for Scarlet Citadel. That down in the very bottom of the Scarlet Citadel is a sphere of annihilation. That's kind of the final piece of the Weird Weaver. And that's being manipulated by Gellert the Gruesome, and he's using his experiments in there. And that's at the very, very bottom. So there's obviously a desire for them to get to the very, very bottom. But I think that there's also the next one in line is one that I think that Immorta the Debased has created. And it isn't actually one. She's used it to draw creatures out of terrible realms because she's sort of this diabolist who likes to draw creatures out of these realms. And I think all of the creatures are each a piece of the third icosahedron. And I can think of at least two that, that, exist, that exist here. If we go to our table of contents here and we're going to look in... And I think they're mostly in the Black River. And there's 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 two. There's there's two that I know for sure. There's a Shogoth that's down here. Gellert is down here, of course. But I don't think I'm gonna have I think they're gonna find his quarters. I think I don't I don't think I'm gonna do the whole like, hey, let's go talk with let's go talk with Gellert. But there's a lot of like twisted creatures down down in the down in the river. There's a lich down here, an icy lich, but I don't think he's part of it. So the chain thing is obviously one of them. This this terrible thing, which is connected to the drylands portal, and I think that that is you know there's a there's a there's a piece of him here. So I think the idea is like somewhere I want to put the other icosahedron, but show like it can't be pieced together till you've defeated these creatures. The 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 chain thing being one of them. There's a there's a and I said there's a shogoth down here. This guy is another one. And I have to kind of like figure out like where is where is the Shogoth? And then is there any other entity or is it just those two? And are those enough to get the characters to explore the maps thoroughly? And like I want them to kind of ex- experience what's going on here. So are those enough or, or do I need to throw another? And of course, I can I can just add one. I can just make them. But there's certain areas that like have been sealed away for a long time. I think like this guy, the the, the icy lich dude. I think it's been sealed away for a long time. So it doesn't make sense that, I don't think it makes sense, although it could, it could like it's not that old, that these creatures have sort of parts of the icosahedron, the, the parts of the third icosahedron in them, and you have to defeat them. There's like the Shadow River Lord. There's also the genie. There's a blood hag. So I, I, you, you kind of want to make it clear to the players, like, oh, there's these entities, and what, you have to go down there, you have to hunt down the entity, you have to kill it, and you have to kill... A number of them before it releases the energy of the third icosahedron and it also kind of repairs other things the ghost walker spider of ling would be another one cool oh damon you're here i got your thing look at this Woo connections we're gonna talk about that so i probably need to dig into that more i think for now i think for now it's probably fine just to know that that's the case i don't have to figure out every single one of them and have them all planned out till they're actually starting to go down in that direction but i think that the idea is that and i guess i can i can hedge my bets where like some of the creatures down here have already been pulling on the weird weaver before Amorta showed up you know maybe gellert kind of found them and then Amorta started making more of these and so some of them have been here a while and some of them are new, but all of them are causing, you know, are, are causing this problem. Now it'd be interesting to figure out like which part, this is all down in level five, 
right? We haven't talked about level three and four yet. They're still they're still going down to level three and four. So level five is the the, the Black River. I think it might be interesting to drop the icosahedron in one of these chambers. Like five oh five would be good. That's the pyramid. Let's take a look at five oh five. The golden pyramids. Interest in chamber ten feet high. Dim golden gleam. There's a waterfall. Characters are swimming using a boat. There's an encounter with scrags. There's all kinds of water things. Yeah, the void speech. So is this chamber open? I think this chamber is open. No, it's got yeah, it's an open chamber. There's you can one can get in there. So the that that means that Gellert and Immorta, the two remaining bosses, could get in here. Writing is in void speech, language of Lang, and trying to read it is harmful to the minds that aren't resistant to alien vibration. So I think maybe this would be a good spot. I think this would be a good spot for the third icosahedron down in this chamber. But you can't close it. Is the spider of Ling is, is that and alerts Marshka? Let's take a look at her. Hey, my mom is here. Hi, mom. Let's take a look at Zymorshka in the back here. Yeah, Spider of Ling, no more or less cruel or vicious. So that's pretty cool. Spellcasting nasty spider. And maybe it's sort of a guardian that Immorta is working with. That could work. And that's where the third icosahedron is. But you can't close the third icosahedron there because energy is coming out of that icosahedron and it is fueled by these twisted horrors that roam around level five. And so they have to go kill these horrors, some of which have been there for a while, some of which have been summoned. I think that that's a good one. So let's go to our, let's actually make some notes here. So we go and we're going to generate a new session planning template. Do, do, do. And it is 5 February, Sunday, Scarlet, Citadel. Cool. While I'm thinking about it, I'm going to drop a few clues in here. The third, the third icosahedron of the Weird Weaver resides in a chamber on the fifth level of Scarlet Citadel off of the Black River. Energy from the third icosahedron is being drawn by a number of terrible otherworldly creatures. Each of these creatures must be destroyed to seal the third icosahedron. The fourth icosahedron resides in the lowest depths of the Scarlet Citadel. Gellert himself draws energy from this most powerful and most destructive icosahedron of the Weird Weaver. The Weird Weaver isn't a god or a primordial or anything like that. Its shape and form is not humanoid like the other gods of Midgard. The obelisk with its floating icosahedron is as close to a physical representation of the Weird Weaver as mortals are able to witness. That's pretty good. So, yeah, so let's take a look at the characters real quick. I think we have a full house today. I think everybody, I don't know that anybody is out. I think we had five people, let's say they're in. One person hadn't yet responded, but is typically there. So I think we have everybody today. So we have Bart. Bart is a gear-forged Bard diplomat. They just reached, I think, fifth level or sixth level? Did I, did I, did I mark it in my thing? Yeah, the Dead Ringers, they just hit fifth level. And they got to fifth level by defeating Kagoth Z. 
And that was really fun. So they 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 decided that yeah, we need to face Kagoth Z. They went back through the top layer of the Citadel. They went through they went through level zero, then level one, then level two. They made their way to Kagoth Z's chamber. They they did a pincer move. They met oh, this is really fun. They met a new ally, which I was really excited about. Hello there, Las Baskalag, the Infernal Tutor. And they met Las Baskalag. And he said, oh, I want to get out of here so bad. And they're like, yeah, well, you're weird looking and you look like a devil and we're not sure we want. And he's like, what if I make myself a sword? And they're like, that's cool. We'll totally take out then. So he formed himself into a short sword, I think, that he turned himself into a short sword that Dorn picked up. And so now Les Baskalag can speak to him through, uh, speak to the whole characters, but speak specifically to Dorn through the fact that he is this that he is this sword. The sword was the rapier foreknowledge. So when you make a successful melee attack, you can use your reaction. I think I need to change this. I, I screwed up because as soon as I, I was, I was, I was naughty. I was a naughty dungeon master. So the player who plays Dorn, Dorn has, I think it picked up a level of spell casting and picked up stupid shield because it's broken. Shield is a broken spell. I don't care what you all say. And so his AC is like 24, right? Like he can get to like an AC of 24 by using shield. And I thought, wouldn't it be mean if instead of making it a reaction to make a melee attack, it, toss, it cost him a bonus action to do so. So he could fire up a bonus action. And <laughs> that way he had to use that instead of shield. Oh no, I guess I made it a reaction, right? I switched it to a reaction so that he could, it would burn his ability to use shield if he used this ability. The problem was, that it, if it switches over to being used as a reaction and it has a crit range increase of 18, 19, or 20, he would just wait till he rolls an 18, 19, or 20 and then use the reaction and automatically crit with it. And then it's like, well, I mean, I guess that's okay, but it means it's like, it's sort of like a paladin smite, which I guess is all right. Like, I don't know if it's, I got to think about this. Is it too powerful that basically he's going to hang on to it until he rolls an 18, 19, or 20, and then he'll invoke the ability of the, and it's not a rapier. Is it a rapier? Maybe it is a rapier. I think he made it a rapier. So uh, can he, you know, when he makes a successful melee attack, he can use his reaction to activate it and then rolls an 18, 19, or 20. He gets the crit. It does burn his reaction. I see Coolhead2022 says, Mike, you can't use reactions on your turn. You are incorrect. You can use reactions on your turn. So, yeah, so uh, I guess it's okay. That will still burn his shield. It does, it does mean he's going to use that 18, 19, or 20 a lot because he's basically always going to crit with it. And, and if he doubles the 2d6s, then that would be an extra 46 on top of what's normal attack. But he doesn't do like sneak attack. He doesn't have other things that he stacks on there. So it would be like a 2d8 plus 4d6 on the hit. And it's one time per day. So it's a lot. But I don't think that that's that big a deal. And it, and it means that it would be pretty exciting to do. So I think we'll probably leave it as it is. And it still gives, it does two things. It burns his reaction so he can't use shield. That makes me happy. And it also means that enemies that he's facing, he can't make opportunity attacks against them. So I think that that is okay. But I changed it at the last minute when I realized what character was going to be picking it up. And when I saw that it was, when I saw that it was Dorn, I changed it from a bonus action 
to a to a reaction just a just a dick him out of shield which is mean but on the other hand i think it's better like so he, he'll probably benefit in the long run so we have doran gray so let's go through the characters so we have bart Gearforge bart diplomat just hit fifth level the player jay loves to control and he's like boy the tier two shenanigans are about to come out i just got counter spell and lehman's tiny hut <laughs> and i was like oh my god oh freaking Lehman's tiny hut and, and, and counter spell. And I was like, you know what? I really wish I had done. I really wish that in the beginning I had, and I'm probably going to start doing this for, I'm probably going to do this for future campaigns of say the following spells. We're going to use the level up five E version of the spell instead of the 2014 five E version of the spell, because I like them better. So if we go, let's see pull up counter spell here in level up 5e so the level up version is definitely more complicated and i'm not crazy about this but i like there's something in particular i like it better so this is the level up advanced 5e this is published by n world publishing direct drop-in replacement you attempt to interrupt a creature in the process of casting a spell if the creature is casting a spell second level or lower it's automatically the spell fails if it's casting a spell third level or higher make an ability check using your spell casting ability 10 plus a spell's level DC is 10 plus a spell's level. On a success, the creature's spell fails and has no effect, but the creature can use its reaction to reshape the fraying magic and cast another spell with the same casting time as the original spell. This new spell must be cast at a spell slot level equal to or less than half of the original spell slot. So an example is if you counter a third level spell or a second level spell, for example, you can reshape it into a first level spell but you still what it basically does is it doesn't it doesn't dork the person who's counterspelled completely out of the counterspell and it also means that you still have to roll on third level spells or higher so it, it, it's a it's a pretty straight nerf but i like it one one of the things so i like this but i i have a feeling if i was to like tell the player who just got these spells hey i'm gonna nerf your counterspell they'd be like, oh, you dick, right? And he, he'd be fine with it. They're all DMs. Everybody in this group is a DM. So they all under, they've all been on the opposite side of Counterspell. Um, but one of the things I'm thinking of doing is when they, when a I don't really care about doing it on normal spellcasters, right? Like normal, regular spellcasters. But they want to Counterspell Gellert the Gruesome. They want to Counterspell Immortal the Debase. They want to do it to the big bosses. And I think I'm going to give them like a legendary sort of ability that if you counter their spell, they're going to be able to rewrap the magic and turn it into a lower level spell and fire it off. And I'll probably, I'll probably tell that to the player. So he recognizes like you these, the counter spell will work just fine against normal guys. You counter their spells all day long, but certain, certain power in the Scarlet Citadel allows powerful spellcasters who are attuned to the ley lines to be able to reshape their magic into a less powerful spell when counterspelled. I like that. So I think I'll do something like that. The other one is Tiny Hut. I kind of don't worry about this because there's so much going on down here that even if they use Tiny Hut, you know, it's, it's when you use it like a machine gun pillbox that really bothers me. And the level up advanced 5e version of Tiny Hut does not prevent creatures from entering or leaving. So you can't hide in your tiny hut and nobody can get inside. Instead, it is a it gives you a really comfortable place to stay that is far better than if you were just to build camp in the middle of the woods. And they have this whole mechanic inside Level Up 5e, which is called a haven. And havens are basically like, there are certain things you can only do and certain types of rest you can only get in a haven that you can't just get if you're wandering around the, the countryside. And I think, it, it, I mean, it certainly nerfs Tiny Hut, but that idea that like, we're going to set up a tiny hut in the middle of a dungeon and nobody can hit us and there's no problem. Well, 
I mean, I'm going to, I, I, again, I'm probably not going to nerf it, but I'm certainly going to tell him if you set up a tiny hut in the middle of this dungeon and, and, and entities of the denizens of this dungeon become aware of it, you're going to be in a world of hurt, right? When that tiny hut breaks down, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a world of hurt. So you're going to be in a world of pain. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, probably mention those two things just so that they're aware of it. But yeah, you know, I think in the future, I wouldn't be opposed to saying counterspell and tiny hut. We're going to use the level up advanced 5e versions. So, yeah, so we'll see. Because there's definitely level up advanced 5e things that, you know, that I, that I like it. Yeah, that I like better. Market zero. My quotes from Big Lebowski. So they got Les Baskalag. Les Baskalag formed himself into a shadowy rapier that is now being wielded by Dorn. It also tells them things. It could tell them about these other secrets that I just dropped in. They then made their way down. Oh, so then they were like, okay, we're going to go face... Kagoth Z. They found out where Kagoth Z was. Let's go back to our map here. We got our little... They found out where Kagoth Z was. They, they, they figured out that Kagoth Z was here in this chamber. And they did a pincer move where some of them came from the south, some of them came from the west. And I think I can do my little laser pointer, right? Little laser pointer. So some of them came from this direction. Some of them came from this direction. And they pincered him and he actually only got off. He got one time ball that did a bunch of damage. And then his minions, which were like clockwork huntsmen attacked and they fought the clockwork huntsmen. And he was hanging out inside of this purple thing right here. And one of Dorn ran, runs up and tries to jump inside. And I said, make a saving throw. And he succeeded on his saving throw. And that meant he dropped to zero as like he aged 20 years and his body started to flake and break apart <laughs> and that you know oh it's so much fun so one of the fun bits about the characters is that dorn is kind of a, an entity from another world that is inhabiting a body of somebody here and mez is trying to make sure the body stays preserved so that that he can return the body to its rightful place and and, and let it go through the the, the path of the dead and and Dorn, so when Dorn goes in here and ages and all of this flesh is flaking off and bone is exposed and he's like, his body's breaking apart and Mez had to roll a like system shock check a la Lazy DM's companion, had to do like a stress effect and like, ah, I guess she's, as he's watching the body of, that he's trying to preserve breaking apart. <laughs> and so Dorn kind of fell and then, so then afterwards, so they, they're fighting. So they, you know, that freaked him out. They continued to fight uh, Kagoth Z and they, ca and then, and then Bart cast friends on him or something. He used some like low level charm. And we had a lot of discussion about like, what would you do if you were able to charm? Not quite charm person, but something like that. Basically, I think it was a charm person. And he kind of like, you know, stopped and, and, and stopped attacking, was talking to them. And then somebody shot him with a rubber band or something like that. They just snapped him with something. And I said, oh, that breaks the charm. And they're like, oh, you broke the charm. And then he like starts getting into the fight again. And then they snatched the ring off of his finger. They just managed to reach inside and pull the ring off of his finger. That was enabling him to hang out in this crazy time twister thing. And then he turned into, he, he started very quickly de-aging until he just became, you know, I said, you know, it was sort of like the reverse of 2001 where it's like him and then he's slowly like getting more and more childlike and then he's crying on the ground and then he turns into like a fetus and he gets smaller and smaller as an umbilical going off and then loop, and it just turns into a little egg and a little sperm and the sperm goes flying off into space and they're like, that was the end of 
Agassi. And I'm like, you just, yeah, you, you, he became no more. So they, they reverse timed on Kagazi and got rid of him, which was fun. He only got like one action, but it's like, ah, that was so much fun. Who cares? So they then had the, the thing, this, they, they, they had the, his ring. They went back into his chamber. They got a bunch of treasure in his chamber by using the ring to get into his chest. And they realized that the ring can deactivate the time the, the the time machine which i think they did and now the time machine is done the icosahedron snaps they now have the second icosahedron of the weird weaver and now they're you know they're ready to go and then i asked them like so what is your plan now and they said well i think our plan is to head back down again so i'm like okay we'll we'll, we'll plan back down so that's what happened in the last session in the last session's game Let's take a look through the secrets and see what they learned. And more to the debase, Gellert, the disciple of Gellert the Gruesome, Last Baskal, summoned uh, Last Baskalag a few years ago to serve Gellert the Gruesome, heir to the Scarlet Sill. They, they tired of him and gave him to Kagasi the Twister Time. They learned that. Last can teach all sorts of otherworldly information, but seeks a price in return. Yep. Last wants to be free of the summoning circle. He is free now. The source of power, each piece of the Weird Weaver doesn't always have to be the same thing. In fact, one of the pieces is a creature itself. I think it's actually multiple creatures, something terrible and otherworldly, shambling below, devouring everything it can. It's actually multiple things. Last wants to be free of his prison and would like to accompany the character in his journey. Yep, he did. He's tired of Gellert the Gruesome. Gellert the Gruesome error is trying to draw so much power that he's almost certainly going to rip the crossroads apart if left unchecked. I think they know that. Immortal the Debased uh, travels among the levels of Scarlet Citadel, serving Gellert the Gruesome's needs and acting as a liaison to the inhabitants of the level. I don't think they learned that. We'll, 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 we'll grab that one and we'll put that in our secrets today. You can see how like my own views of what changed down there mean that the secrets became the, the secrets that have not been revealed change. Logic and reason start to break down the lower you go into Scarlet Citadel. They did not. The factions of Darrow war with another on the lower levels. They did not learn that, and that is something they can they can they can learn. Anything else? I think Immorta used the power of the third icosahedron to summon all sorts of horrible entities from other worlds which now roam in the lower reaches some of the creatures tied to the third do i already have this tied to the third icosahedron are as old as the citadel itself many vaults this is this is i want to kind of like draw them into some of the traditional sort of dnd oh yeah we can go get treasure many vaults and tombs exist in the lower levels of the scarlet citadel filled with untouched artifacts and treasures so that's cool one two three four five six seven eight nine lots of secrets so we'll hang on and figure that out so the strong start where well so we i don't think we got through all the characters so let's finish going through the characters so we have dorn Greycastle. we talked about him dorn now possesses i uh, last Baskalag a rapier, magical rapier that's held by a demon. We've got a devil, devil inside, devil inside. We have Garble. Garble is played by Pat, mushroom folk rogue far traveler who is looking for a realm for his people. We have Mez, Rumseleth, who wants to, a, a frost elf fighter parfume, parfumier, parfumier, who wants to make sure that Dorn Greycastle's body, who's actually the body of, do we have the name? Of Potter. Potter is the original owner of the body that Dorn is now uh, that, that Dorn is now possessing and wants Potter to return. We have Sister, Sister Malarkey played by Jerry is a tiefling follower, warlock cleric of the Weird Weaver, follower of the Weird Weaver 
who follows Elements of Chaos, and Skrink Skibbers, who was sacrificed upon an altar and returned by returned by the Weird Weaver to help solve these solve these problems. So they just recovered the second icosahedron. And what might they what might they feel? What might what might happen? I think is it time for the ooze that was once what's her name? Daneska. The massive blood ooze that was once Daneska breaks free from the seals on the doors in in the eastern chambers and is slowly starting to make her way its way throughout the level so this is sort of like as they're messing with one level other things happen and one thing that has happened is that the Level one is starting to get overtaken with undead. They learned that. Level two is going to be overtaken with Dineska ooze things as Dineska breaks apart. Because if we look here, so what had, what, I just moved something I didn't want to move. So in this chamber, they had, there was a giant gelatinous cube ooze thing. They killed it, but then they sent other oozes in there and and they killed Dineska, but Dineska became an ooze thing herself and flowed into that chamber. And so now there is this massive chamber filling ooze thing that's breaking out and starting to, to, to leak out. And I think, I think that she, I think that she's starting to break free. She's starting to break free from this as well. It could be a secret that she, the, the, the drawn energy of the Dineska ooze is tied to the third icosi. Well, it's tied to the twisting of the ley lines and is drawing energy from them. The drawn energy of the Nesca ooze is tied, is fold from the twisting of the ley lines. So that, that way they could see like, oh, this level's not safe either. Like this level's going to be overrun pretty soon. And I don't think like it'll be totally overrun but I think they might start to see, I think, I think that the Dineska ooze is probably going to break off into other pieces and start to, start to fill the other chambers. I'm trying to remember what creature that was that did that. Let's, let's see if I can go to my Scarlet Citadel creatures database. And we are going to add a filter. We are going to filter by source. And we want to see just the Tomes of Beasts. And we want to, we'll do a search for ooze and see if there was an ooze that, that I remember. I thought there was like a blood, yeah, blood ooze. There it is. That is creature codex, page 282. So let's couple press creature codex. The creature codex front cover screws up the PDF. This is not bad. Wow. Six bludgeoning and 16 necrotic. I think she has churned into a blood ooze. So I think that a Aska, so let's see. We will grab this. Do, do, do. Grab a screenshot of that. Save it to my clipboard. Go into my notes. And we'll paste it in. Boop. Does it already have an AC? It does not. So let's open this up here. AC 8, 76 hit points. AC is 8. Hit points are 76. That's really all we need. Its initiative is minus five, and it has, so it's a knit roll would be a five. Okay. Not that that's, that's not too important, but we have that handy in our little database. So we're going to go into our, our notes. 
And I think, so now we have a link to that. So the Danesca blood ooze comes into the chamber and laughs at the characters. Look upon ye mighty in despair. I don't know how to spell despair. I've become, I am become blood ooze. And then they fight her and kill her. <clears throat> so Danesca blood ooze slurps into the chamber. And then they go down, travel down to level three. So level three, let's go back to our Scarlet Citadel. So I think that's a fun, strong start. This is, what am I looking at? Yeah, this is Scarlet Citadel. Table of contents here. We go to level three. Level three is the Dwarven Barracks. They, they, they spent a little bit of time down here, but I think this is where they're going to start to face a lot of trollkin. So they're probably, they can come down these stairs probably. And I think they would probably face a couple of trollkin. So we probably need some trollkin. Let's go back to our creatures. And we can, oh, wait, it's still the same thing. Get our Trollkin. Oh, come on, there's there's no Trollkin. There we go. It looks like I already have some Trollkin Raiders that I put in here. Oh, and I have a Trollkin Encounter. Did I already put a, I did not put a thing in here. So Trollkins are from Toma Beast 2, page 353. So Trollkin Raider is a, oh, they're challenge rating one. They're not too, they're not too bad. So we will grab that stat block there. Boop. Save to desktop, or save to clipboard. And go into my, and we're going to go into the, the, the straight Trollkin Raider thing here. And we're going to go bang and throw him in there. And we'll open this up. And AC is 14, hit points 32. Initiative is a plus one, and their initiative roll is 11. We don't really have to worry about the plus one. So now we got that guy in there. And I'm going to delete these other guys. Whoops. Because now my other Trollkin Raider is better. Oh, come on. And I think for now, I'm not going to worry about building an encounter and everything because I don't need to. So I'm going to just go down to here. So let's see, they're at fifth level. So the deadly encounter benchmark is going to jump a big range. There are six of them. Six times five is 30. Half of 30 is 15. So a the the deadly encounter benchmark is CR 15. If they face 15 CRs worth of monsters, that is that is they're in the red zone. So we add the Trollkin Raider to our list of monsters. Other monsters that they're likely to face here. Let's see in Scarlet Citadel. Where's that chart? Grunts, Shaman, Reavers. What's a Reaver? Trolls, Dire Owl Bears, and Lich Hounds are all the different kind of monsters. Can Grunt. This is the wrong one. Let me close that one now. Troll can Grunt. We make sure it's from the right. There it is. Scarlet Citadel. Troll can Shaman from Scarlet Citadel. Troll can Reaver. More results from... Scarlet Citadel. And what else did we say here? Grunt, Shaman, Reaver. We have regular troll, dire owlbear, and lichhound. Dire owlbear, troll. I wonder which troll that is. Good, the monster's menagerie troll. Cool. I'm going to use the monster's menagerie troll. Lichhound. Okay, so I've got all of those monsters. I'm not going to bother right now to go screenshot all of them because I don't know which ones <clears throat> they're likely to face. And it's also boring. But I can basically go through all of the various tomes of beasts and add the stat blocks to these, and then use those when I'm running the when I'm when I'm running the 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 actual battles. I can kind of decide how many of them they have and what's going on there. So NPCs, we know we have Last Baskalag. We know we have Immorta. I don't know if she's going to show up, but you never know. She could show up. And then there's a couple of the Trollkin who are running the show here that we need to figure out. Art. No, that's not right. That's not what we wanted. Who runs the trolls? Is that right? 
James Torres says B-R-Y-N-J-A-R. That's B-R-Y-N-J-A-R. Uh, that does not like, like the, right one, the right spelling. There are two Trollkin that run this place. See what I mean about the text? There's so much text. Like this is not skimmable. How am I supposed to skim this? Here we go. Trollkin leaders. Trollkin chief is a reaver named Brynjar. So we will add that. But I think there's another one, right? The two other reavers are his lieutenants, Agail and Gostov. Two shamans. This is some this is some juicy secrets here. So we have the two leaders, and what is their they like to raid the surface. I guess so when we think about what they're what what they're gonna do here. So they are conscripted by Immorta the Debased to make sure that threats don't make their way down into the lower reaches. They conduct raids on the surface. I guess these are all secrets I should be keeping track of, right? The Trollkin are conscripted by Immorta to keep intruders from making their way down deeper into the Scarlet Citadel and interrupting her master's delicate work. The Trollkin enjoy raiding the surface and training their dire owlbears. So I think it's kind of, let me look a little bit at the Trollkin leaders because there might be ways to sort of enjoy. Uh, two shaman are Gidea and Sasagin. Gidea is utterly loyal to Brynjar. She would and has killed others. Sasagin is a fanatic follower of Thor, but this zealotry is mostly a front to cover Sasagin's true devotion to Chernabog, whose rights were banned. The two shaman generally don't prepare down. Yeah, so it doesn't really say, it might be kind of fun to throw, you know, is there any any ways to kind of work one against the other? Might be kind of interesting. Both of Brynjar's lieutenants, I think we can just, we can take this. Let's go into our little cool remove line break tool. It didn't work as well. Isn't that weird? The remove line break tool didn't remove all the line breaks. Didn't remove any of the line breaks. There we go. So there's a little, some, some, you know, you kind of, the, the thing is like, do you want to just sit and have an entire level where you fight nothing but Trollkins and all their, their, their minions? Or do you want them to have some opportunity to kind of build dissension in the ranks and stuff like that? And I think, I think that the, that might be fun. They've, they've got one Trollkin that they've already met. The one that was walking around with his, with his baby, his, his young lich hound. So they might have somebody there that can kind of help. But that guy also is like, you know, doesn't want to, you know, doesn't want to make it look too, you know, look too, look too, uh, he doesn't want to look like he's betraying his own Trollkin style. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm going to see how this plays out. I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't want it to be just a whole series of big battles one right after the other. I want them to have some opportunity to try to sneak around. Maybe you want to, we want to offer all three options here, right? So they can fight people down here There'll be some wandering ones that they could that they could sneak around with, and then there's some dissension that they could create by sort of working working one group against the other. I think that 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 could all be different ways to work, and I think we will I think we will figure it out as we go. What else do I need today? They just got some good magic items, but we can roll up a few. So why don't we why don't we go up to our little random generator here? And we will create some items and we will put these as Midgard items and we will put deep magic spells on them for fun. Sapphire Dwarven Snuffbox of Verlish, the Elven Supreme Archer that casts Blood Lure. What's Blood Lure? Second level. 
you point at a direction jar within range that contains at least a pint of blood each creature that feeds on the blood as within 60 feet of the other location makes a saving throw a creature that has a keen smell or any similar scent each creature that feeds on blood oh that could be kind of interesting so i think we're going to take this sapphire dwarven snuff box and we are going to put it in here but it's not going to be a Valish the supreme archer thor perun holda velas anu akma i want it to be for so there's karen that'd be interesting chernabog right i think that fits so that's a cool one because they can use that for the bats they're going to be fighting a bunch of bats later and and that blood lure could work really well for bats because bats feed off of blood the elven gods that cast heartache Forcing enemy to experience pangs of unrequited love. This this works. These feelings manifest in such intensity that a creature takes five d six psychic damage. Wow, that's a lot. That's that's that. Yeah, Twilight Ethereal Key of Yarla and Povet, the Elven Green Gods. Cool, I like that. Do one more. Temporal Natural Disc of Wotan, the Northern Rune Father that casts Lovesick. Eh. Celestial Prehistoric Insignia of Asun, the Dragon Lord of the Four Winds that creates casts create Thunder Staff. Seventh level. After you create thunder, create thunder staff on a normal quarter staff or staff, it must be mounted in a noisy location such as a busy marketplace. Nah, that's dumb. I'm gonna do that for thirty days. Storm orcish wand of the goat of the woods that casts thunderclap. Eight d four thunder damage. That's I hate d fours, but then we're gonna do that. Stormy orcish wand of the goat of the woods. That's cool. So we got three fun relics plus whatever's whatever's in there. We do not need our scratch pad today because we're gonna do it in. Albert Rodeo. And there we have it. So we got our treasure, fantastic locations we don't need because that is all in the adventure. So that's set. We've got a pile of secrets. Travel down to three is really where it's going. And we're going to see how things go. So I think we are all set for today. Friends, I want to thank you for hanging out with me today while I prepared for my Sunday RPG. If you enjoyed this show, you can subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter and get a weekly RPG-related email sent directly to your inbox, plus a free 5e Adventure Generator PDF. You get that absolutely free just for signing up with your email address. You can also pick up any of my books, including Return to the Lazy Dungeon Master, the Lazy DMs Workbook, and the Lazy DMs Companion. Uh, at the Sly Flourish bookstore. And you can join the Sly Flourish Patreon where you get exclusive access to the City of Arches source book, exclusive adventures, the monthly Q&A, a dedicated Discord channel, and a whole lot more. All of the links for all of those things you can find down in the show notes below. Thank you all very much. Have a great day and get up there and play an RPG.